Welcome to Ascend to Transcend. I'm your coach, Elizabeth, and today's guest is Elizabeth Rosenberg. She is an absolute powerhouse in the marketing, PR, publicity realm. She's worked for some of the hugest brands. You're probably listening to this podcast on one of her brands. It's something that we all have in our purse or pocket at all times. We even take it to the restroom with us, likely. She knows everything there is to know about how to create big, powerful brands. But here's the special thing about Elizabeth is that she's also a medium and she reads Akashic Records. So it's so amazing because she talks about how we can actually take insights from readings and then put them towards our professional brand. So it was a joy to speak with her today. We get all up in what are Akashic Records, how do we use them, and then what should we be doing on LinkedIn, what we shouldn't, how authentic should we be, are there certain pieces within us that maybe we're hiding and not sharing with the world, and when is it time to really step forward into our truth. So I hope you enjoy today's chat. Elizabeth, so excited to have you today. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with Akashic readings, Akashic records, mediumship, I would love for you to give just a little bit of insight in that. And then I want to get into your story and kind of like how you got to where you are today in your career. But first off, I I don't want to talk about readings and records if people don't really understand them. Because when you first came to me with Akashic records, I was down with psychics and oracle decks and tarot, but I didn't understand the records. Can you give it just a little bit of color as to what that is? I mean, everything you want to talk about is like five podcasts. So we'll, we'll I know. I'll try to be as succinct as possible. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> it's okay. I'm excited. And this is the first time I'm actually like finally talking about it publicly. So I'm out of I the spiritual very, closet. I know. I love out it. Of the sp- I'm very excited to do it with you. Okay. So the Akashic Records, in essence, are a library of your soul's journey past, present, future. If anyone has read The Midnight Library, I, that's a great book, I think, to read because it's by Matt Haig. It's it's fiction. It's lovely. It's amazing. But there's an actual library there. And I'm like, it's kind of like that. But I can tap into, or we can tap into, anybody has access to the Akashic Records. Soul Insights, Past Lives, which I honestly did not believe in until I started doing this work. Really? So... Yeah, I was always like, would you go to somebody and they'd be like, you were Cleopatra in a past life. I'd be like, you could tell me I was anything. And right, I'd be there's like, a way okay. to prove that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But when I started doing this work, I was actually able to like kind of Google some of the things that people were telling me and that I was seeing. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this now. And then okay. you read Many Lives, Many Masters and you're like, oh, I totally get this now. Okay, yeah. cool. And Journey of um, Souls and Destiny of Souls did it for me too. And I'll link that in the show notes. But Journey of Souls was a book that was divinely just gifted to me. It had been passed along to a handful of women. And my CEO at Skin Fix said, you know, I feel like you're ready for this. <laughs> I was like, okay, because it's very out there, right? It is past life regression, but it's this explanation of what kind of goes on in between lives when people are being regressed. So just want to throw that in there. That was a book that got me. I read Many Lives, Many Masters too, but for me, Journey of Souls just drove it even further home. There you go. And in terms of mediumship and kind of all of that, I I think there's some people who say they just like wake up in their medium or like they just they were born a medium and think that everybody has access to it. So I never call it a gift. People will be like, you're so gifted. And it's like I actually really believe that it's not a gift because I think that once you experience it, it's not necessarily something that's fun. Right. Um, Spiritual ascension physically hurts your body, your mind, your spirit, your emotions. It kind of breaks you to rebuild you. Yeah. So I really, really hesitate to call it like calling it a gift because I I just call it an ability. And I believe that 
when we're born, we all have it. Society kind of talks us into turning it off. We all turn it off. And then some kind of traumatic experience, no matter what that might be for anyone. So what was your traumatic experience? My, you know, it's interesting. I, my dad's a sci-fi writer and a showrunner and kind of like comes from that like kind of world. So I've always been very into this. When I was 10 years old, I wrote a paper, like a book report on Carol Burnett. And she has always had spiritual advisors around her. So my dad took me to see a medium at the Psychic Eye in Burbank when nice. I was 10. And I wrote a paper called, Are, Is Our Mediums Real? When I was oh my 10, God, I love it. Foreshadowing my life, which was so rad. Yeah. I look back on that now and I'm like, oh my God. But I totally, sorry, I just blanked on the question. Yeah, no, what was, the, going, what was the experience that really kind of oh opened my, up this portal? experience. So I guess my point is I've had kind of paranormal experiences my entire life. Mm-hmm. I was working at a very large company at a global communications role for a brand everyone has Everybody has home. in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a migraine where I lost all of my motor skills and ended up in the emergency room. Like a real power woman, I drove myself to the hospital, which I look back on now. It's like, that was the dumbest mistake I've probably made in adulthood. Right. Uh, but I ended up getting myself there. They thought I was having a stroke. Then they thought I was overdosing on drugs. And then I went through months of like extensive testing. And they're like, oh, you're just stressed out. <sighs> now I've had migraines my entire life. So, but this was, this was new. And in the end, it came down to the fact that I was just really, really burned out. And I think, you know, I talk about this a lot, but I think that there's this idea that like you can only burn out if you hate your job or if you're like working really, really hard. And I loved my job. You absolutely can burn out even if you love your job. And I think this hustle grind culture really supports this. Right. And it's I it's confirmation bias. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do that. And so and so says that I actually do need to do this to get ahead. And this is what's going to put me ahead of everybody else. It's this competitiveness. It's it's all of this stuff, but it is a conditioning. And so for you to drive yourself to the hospital when you are having a blinding, lose motor skills migraine, I feel like is really reflective of how a lot of women are operating right now. Like you might not have the hospital ER migraine, but I think our bodies are always crying out to us. You know, like yesterday I was just banging through podcasts, banging through stuff. And I realized like I haven't got up and walked like my body hadn't been moved. I stood or went to the bathroom and then came back and sat back down. But it's like, no, I don't function like this. And I was telling you before we got on, my eyelids are twitching like crazy. Like your body will tell you, listen, bitch, take a break, move around. You need to do something else. But Hopefully people get that. Even if today's your like little warning sign, you don't want to end up in the ER like Elizabeth Rosenberg did. No. And what my coach used to always say to me was your brain is so much more, has so much more endurance than your body. Your brain can tell you, keep going. We got this. It's only, it's we have to get to Friday. We have to get to the end of the month. Once we get through this project, we'll be fine. And you ignore all of those little kind of like alarm bells going off in your body. Yeah. Whether it's insomnia, whether it's your digestive tract, whether, whether it's headaches, whether, you know, it's anything. Right. So so with you, yeah. do you feel like, too, it was, I don't want to say like a backlog of messages trying to get through, but we're friends, everybody. And so I've been around Elizabeth and she'll just be next to people and can pick up things, right? Things that are coming through for somebody. And we've talked about this before, like, can it take a physical toll on your body if you're denying or not able to translate some of these messages that are trying to come through you from another realm? I mean, that's a great question. Yes, is the is the, is the answer. I've had people, you know, I, I've gone down both paths of Eastern and Western medicine. So I don't want people to think that I'm just like all right. anti-science because I am very like during this yeah. like 
wellness journey that I've been on, I was doing allergy shots twice a week for three years. And it was like, maybe it's my allergies are causing my migraines. Or I was, you know, also doing past life regressions and Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So it's like, I was doing all of the things in order to to kind of find some kind of relief. A lot of the people on the kind of spiritual side of healing, all were telling me, you know, your energy is getting trapped. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, then someone needs to tell me how to fix that. Right. It's not like anybody has an answer. It's not like anybody's like, this is how you run your energy. And this is what you're supposed to do. Everyone's body is different, just like it is medically. It is different spiritually. Everyone receives messages differently. Everybody dreams differently. It's, we're all different people here. Yeah. So what works for, what works for one person is not going to work for another in, in many ways. Like, I think a lot of people find sound baths very calming and very enlightening. They make me so nauseous that I will throw up. So wild. Which is just, I mean, like I have to sit in meditations with like my, you know, if I'm like at somewhere, you know, and they happen to have the Tibetan bowls, like with my ears, like earmuffs on. It's so So wild. I wonder though, too, like at this point, so, so this whole idea of, it's not an idea, it's a fact, but like your mediumship and your ability to read these records. When would you say you first realized like, okay, these aren't my thoughts. These are actually messages coming from other entities. I know exactly when it was. I was on a trip to New York and I was, I used, I used to always meditate on the plane just because time went by fast and mm. you know, it's a good, it's a good place to kind of tune it's everybody out. It's a great out. place to meditate. Um, and I'm not a big meditator. I know a lot of people like that they I think that it. meditation is like to save you. Like yeah. I, I think that like walking meditation is good for me. Yes. I meditate doing the dishes. Like I meditate yeah. doing things. I'm not like a great, like sit in own person, but I was meditating and I remember landing in New York and talking to my boyfriend that night and told him what I had meditated and seen. And I was in his meditation. That is where he goes in his meditation. And I drew a picture of it and he drew a picture of it and we texted it to each other. And it was the same thing. And it was mirror image of it. Wow. And that was, it was interesting. I think that there's always going to be somebody in your life who starts to kind of open the door a little bit, how you choose to go through that door and how you choose to then live the life once you're through it is, is totally up to you. But then I had a lot of other things happen. You know, my experience was how I kind of came into the Akashic records. I, in one week had three different people say, you should meet this woman, Helen. And at the time, Helen was a an elite Akashic record reader teacher or instructor. She lived in Los Angeles. She literally lived like 20 minutes away from me. And there's like only 10 in the United States. Amazing. And a reading from her was quite expensive. And I was like, I'm spending so much money on all the things. I cannot do that. But then I looked at her weekend class and she, it was like the next weekend. She had a beginner class. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just, and then I'm not doing anything. I'll get some, just take this. And of course I'm like, I'll work the system. Somehow I'll get a reading in there and like, I'll get like a right. two for one. It'll be great. And I got into her class and this was in 2019. Now, again, I'd had a lot of stuff happen before then, but I, my introduction to the Akashic Records was in 2019 and it just came super easy to me. Wow. It was like, like people in the class were like, I think I feel my finger tingle or I think I see purple. And I'm like, oh no. You're like, I'm like, seeing the whole thing. And I am like, James there's Cameron a lot style. happening. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I took her, I took her, I took a virtual one. I think it's very different after speaking with you and feeling like, you know, I, personally was getting migraines too. And I'm like, what the fuck? I've never had migraines before. And it was like, okay, maybe there's something there. There's something trying to come through. And I think just to back it up, like there are some people who just are in flow. Like you're just on the river rafting, you're going. And then I think there are some people who are looking at it and they're like, hmm, maybe I could get there. But it's more, it's not just being in flow where you're carried. It is more 
I don't want to say like there's more effort around it, but it's not as easy. And so when you say, I think everybody has this ability, I think that to your point, there are different levels of flow to be in. Some people are just going to jump right into flow and be able to get very clear visuals, photographic pictures, messages, all of this stuff. And for others, it might feel like, number one, it's not for you. Or number two, you would really have to invest to be able to like hone that in and fine tune it to get even a fraction of what you see. A thousand percent. The other thing is, again, like because everyone's so different, how you receive messages is totally up to you. There was one woman in our class and and her guides would spell everything out, like literally write everything out. I'm like, good Lord, that would take forever. Oh, man. And my abilities have definitely strengthened as I practice. I mean, a lot of it is practice. And it's like, you really have to ask yourself, am, am I saying this in my head? Is somebody else saying this to me? Like, right. where where am I hearing this? And is, is this really what I'm seeing? Or it it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of faith in yourself that you're kind of disconnecting those two worlds. Right. The biggest it, piece, Elizabeth, is like having having the feeling of this is me or this is something being channeled through me. And I think a lot of people just dismiss things as, oh, that's just thought or that's my egoic brain or that's my subconscious coming through or what is it? And not everybody has to do this, though. That's why Elizabeth is here. And Elizabeth is this wonderful. I mean, you can already tell, like she's not your typical dream catcher, woo woo type person. I feel like your experience working for these very large companies and heading up huge campaigns for them add this wonderful layer of credibility that I don't feel like everybody always gets when they go to somebody like a practitioner, if you will. I'm not sure what the term yeah. would be. But so let's talk about how we could potentially marry those. First off, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the stigma of, yeah. you know, coming out, if you will, as somebody who's a medium, but you're also incredibly professional and have your own business. What was that like to get to that point where you were like, maybe I'm not being 100% authentic and should I merge this with my business or at least be on the forefront and say, hey, I have these abilities? It was, I mean, you know, I called you like all the time for yeah. pep talks. Elizabeth is one of the best coaches in the world. <laughs> oh, <you're> so <laughs> I mean, it was, it's funny. I get really emotional about it because it was very overwhelming. I think there was, there was finally a moment where I was like, oh my God, I can kind of meld together these two worlds in a really beautiful way and actually really help people. And you know, just to kind of back up a little bit, like I really, really honed in on my practice in 2020. It was like somebody had a stereo system and somebody turned down the world and then turned up the spiritual world. So during that year, I was fortunate enough to have this amazing network of CMOs and CEOs at Fortune 500 companies and right. everybody was home and on Zoom. And I pretty much practiced for the year. I did like over a hundred readings with executives and friends. And it's not like I was like putting out the ABB, like, hey, everybody, I want to do your reading. It was the referrals were kind of coming up. And and I think we're at this time of inflection where everybody is looking for some kind of answers and they're willing to get them from anywhere. So, and I think the beauty of what I offer is I I have a corporate background. I don't come across as woo-woo-y at all. Yeah. When you meet me, you're not like, like, I'm no, not like, not you know, all. and I think that it makes people feel comfortable. It makes them feel like they're talking to a peer. So, right. and in my mind, I'm like, if I can open up the spiritual world in corporate America, like job done. Like, I think that 10 years ago, if somebody said, we're all going to be meditating, everybody would have been like, there's no way that's going to happen. And if you look back on some of like 
the really amazing kind of like geniuses of our time, like Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, like they have intuitive counselors that they work with. I mean, it's not like this is like totally. And, I know and that's what I try to preach too. Like I, I think that was one of like the most popular blogs I wrote was about how Steve Jobs meditated. And, and you know, I struggled too with it. Elizabeth has been here on my book journey with career confinement. I'm like, it's spirituality, but it's professionalism. It's career driven. And I had publishers one after another say, those don't mix. They have to be separate. You have to pick a lane. And that's what I love about what we're doing and what you're doing in a big way, which is really seeing that and sharing with people that they can be an asset to each other. It is not separate. Our spirit yeah. is not separate. Our guidance, our guides, our records, our whole, I call it spiritual board of advisors, is there trying to help us with our professional career. And when we deny that is when we actually block the opportunities, right? A, a thousand percent. And I think too, everyone's spiritual journey is different. Again, we, we talked about this like a lot. So just being able to kind of open the door to that yeah. for other people has been really, I mean, I'd say 80% of my clients have never had any kind of reading before. So which good. I'm like, oh, this, this is great. The coming out process was terrifying. And I think the support that I received since then has been validating, which is weird because, you know, in so many ways, we're all we're all working on like detaching our ego and not worrying about that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's still there. Like, yeah, that's that's what makes it part of it is what makes you human. Like, I don't think that we like need to completely detach our egos. I think there's part of that that actually makes us good at what we do. But it took about, I'd say, 18 months, I think. Every like, you know, call that we were on and everything, it was like, I'm going to do it now. And I think the the nudge I got from you, which was so helpful, is that how can you tell your clients to be living authentically if you're not doing that yourself? And it was like a dagger to the heart. I was like, <laughs> oh, God, I'm not like I'm not doing that. But right. then I really had to figure out again, I'm in PR and marketing how to do that for myself. I mean, PR people and marketing people, we are the cobbler's kids with no shoes, always. Yeah. It is so hard to do those kind of things for yourself on a regular basis. So I really wanted to do it in a way that like felt good to me, but also wasn't terrifying. And, you know, I put my burnout story out in Business Insider in May of 2021 at a time when everyone was burning out. Yeah. And that morning when I put that story out, I, li I literally threw up. I was so nervous. I'm like, everyone is going to read the story and think that I'm weak and no one is going to want to work with me. And I received hundreds of emails from people all over the world that were like, thank you so much for this. Oh, I think that's what's happening to me. So it's interesting. So as I put out my kind of spiritual coming out of the closet story, which I did in late January, I just picked a day and was like, this is this D-Day. I got to do it. I got to do it. This I can't I can't hold it off anymore. And I did something that I would recommend to everybody to do is I reached out to my close network and said, I am asking you specifically to put a comment on the article that I put on LinkedIn so you can help validate what it is that I do and show other people that I am not crazy. And it, you guys, it's so funny too. Like we probably for six months, we were booking this podcast recording and then we'd cancel it and then book it and then cancel it. Because what she's saying is like, this isn't something she takes lightly, which I feel like just gives you even more credibility, right? The whole time that like you have this incredible ability and yet you feel like you can't share it because you don't want to be discredited by that ability. And you know me, I'm just like, girl, let's go. Like put it out there. <laughs> like people need this. And because and we know too that like C-suite 
uses astrologers, uses people. They, you know, oh yeah, land around Mercury retrograde with signing contracts and nobody's talking about this shit. And I'm like, you guys, like people are doing this. And so I think by you stepping to the forefront and saying, hey, I can actually help you with a reading and then your branding, your personal branding, your company branding, whatever it is, then I feel like it's encouraging. It's like, hey, if I'm going to do it, you guys can do it too. And we know that the awareness and people, you know, coming out and saying those things are what's going to make it spread. It will have that ripple effect. And then that's when you just raise the overall consciousness. It, exactly. And I think too, like the thing that I offer clients is I, I don't just do readings. Right. So I really like mix in the marketing, the the purpose-driven, you know, I think personal branding about really like living who you are, not what we do is really, really important to me. I think we have become so, it's just so American to be like the second you get on a Zoom, the second you meet somebody like, oh, what do you do? I was at an event the other day and somebody asked like, what keeps you busy? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're just such a great, because you could, well, no, you could just answer. I loved it because you could answer any yeah, way possible. Right. You can be like knitting or huh. do you know what I mean? You know, or there would be a follow up question. I feel I know, like we're but all I, but I it, loved, but yes, but I loved it anyway, because it wasn't just out of the gate. What do you do? And yeah. I think about that often as if I were to die tomorrow and somebody were to go to my LinkedIn, they'd be actually able to like see who I am as a person. Right. Because by the way, for all of your listeners, like during the pandemic and, you know, the last few years as people have been dying from a variety of things, obituaries has started reading like resumes. And the reason is, is because people are going to LinkedIn to find out information. And that's your public place of where your bio lives. So that everything that's in the bottom of your bio needs to move to the top. That's the part that's important. Totally. I live in Colorado. I have two kids. I love the outdoors. Like, it's like that needs to be, I'm empathetic. I'm compassionate. I'm driven. I'm like, like start using some adjectives that can actually describe the type of person you are because I can tell you right now, like when you talk about what your legacy is, no one's going to be like, my legacy is that I worked 20 years at said tech company. Right. And I right? had KPIs like, every quarter and yeah. made full bonus. And I feel you. And I feel like too, I mean, we we kind of like are snarky about the fact that LinkedIn is now morphing into Instagram. Like, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to see your vacation pictures, but I do want to know a little bit more about you. And that's something when I'm working with clients and you as well, right? It's like, the LinkedIn is this representation of you, and it shouldn't just be a carbon copy of your resume. It is an opportunity for you to be a little bit more authentic. And I think when you have thought leaders and role models like you coming out and saying yes, and, and in mine, I think spirituality is in there a whole bunch of times, which was scary, right? Because I think executive coach, they just want, how do I be more productive? How do I be yeah. more efficient? How do I squeeze more out of my team? That's not what I do. That's not what you do. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to just put it out there and I'm going to write a book that is talking about using Oracle decks to decide if you want to go to a job or not, like all of these other things. But the response is great. Like, I feel like everybody's just a little too worried that there will be this huge backlash or judgment because there might be, but like, fuck those people. Those aren't your people anyway. Well, no. And there's an audience for everyone. I'm like, right. for people and there's clients for everyone. I'm like, there are people that will find me that are meant to find me. And I really believe yes, that. It's like, totally. and then there's people who will go to a very traditional coach. I think there's there's a great opportunity for both of them. Absolutely. And again, that goes back to, we are all where we are meant to be on our journey at that time, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the, the records, and I wanna, this is about the records too. 
for everyone who's interested about the Akashic Records. As a very spiritual and curious person earlier on, I find the records to be quite powerful. And I know there's some people that are like, I'm just going to go into the records. I don't know if I would do that without like some training and without like a class maybe or something. If you do, by all means, cool. I was very hesitant to do that. And it's interesting now because I don't just use the Akashic Records. My method has really kind of like morphed into something that's very like personal. So I kind of have boundaries around my readings. I tap into the records, but I'm definitely tapping into like not just the records. Yeah. I think every reading I get and every, every every time I do a reading, I feel like there's something else that it was like, ooh, that was new. Like, this is fun. What's What's that? So I think just being open to that evolution too. Yeah. And just to kind of like make sure that everybody understands the records. Because you guys, I mean, I felt really dense, but I'm like, okay, I still don't totally understand. I feel like I do now. But for somebody who's never heard of this term, right. So the records are when you are going to a place where there is past, present, and future you, correct? And then you're soul receiving you. soul you, right? Yeah. Like spirit, soul, the night. I call it 75% non-physical you is up there trying to guide who has had these experiences. And then when you're in the records, you are exploring what those are, right? Past, present, yeah. future. Yeah, kind of. Yes, that's a good way to explain it. It's very, okay. it's it's interesting because time is not linear except for here. Right. So it that always gets very confusing because people are like, when am I going on this big trip? Or like, when am I getting this big job? I'm like, I, they said six weeks. It could be six days. It could be six hours. It could be six years. Yes. Like, <laughs> There's no they're, not, they're not great with time. But are the records other entities other than yourself? Oh, they're not yourself. Okay. Sorry, I don't see them as yourself. And okay. I see them, the way that I call them is kind of like light, which is kind of my, like, that's kind of where I, I, I feel mm -hmm. like I get messages from. And then your like loved ones and teachers. So it's kind of like you've got your guides, you've got light that I, it, honestly, it's weird. They sound like professors. They're very profound. They have very, mm -hmm. to me. And again, this is how I receive, receive messages. And I receive messages through knowing, sight, hearing, and smell. The only thing I haven't okay. experienced yet is taste and feeling. Okay. Yeah. And then your loved ones come through. I have readings where it's like, everyone's like dead family members have just popped in and said, hi. Like, I feel like legit, like I'm sitting in ghosts. It is Otome Brown. Everyone is in the room. And it's like, oh my God, there's so much happening. I can't. But that's because that person at that time needed messages from those people, either for validation to, to know that I am, I am correct and that you're yeah. getting messages. Or these people had something they wanted to say to you. Then yeah. I have other readings that are only profound, that are just like very big, very like, this is your purpose. This is your mission. This is what you're meant to do. I can't order up what they're going to tell me. So is it just, I just it, are all medium experiences tapping into the Akashic Records or no, but all Akashic Records readings are tapping into that medium, the channeling? That's a good question. Again, everyone's reading is different. So I can't totally answer that. Okay. Not all mediums are not accessing the Akashic Records. No. Right. That's what I figured. Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, it's the whole all bourbon is whiskey or all whiskey is bourbon. You know what I mean? Like, and it's so hard, right? Because I'm asking you to like try to put a term to it when it's an experience, right? But yeah, I think people need to have some sort of point of reference or even a visual. Like on some of these books too, it, they they describe what it looks like to be in the records. And it's like a big library, right? With like all of these books and tables. And those are some people's, you know, in their regressions, that's what they see. 
And I know when I go to my happy place, it's oddly a totally white room. I'm sitting on like a wooden church pew looking at a huge blank screen. You know, it's like, it's very weird. Like when I go into that place, what I see. So to your point, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but if there's some options we could maybe kind of I mean, like describe. When I go in, I can, I can kind of explain it. When I go into my record specifically, it looks like Scotland kind of. It's like a meadow and it's like, wow, got a big cliff and it's got the ocean. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Yours is I better than mine. There. I want the upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. I mean, like I, I think I ask the records, whoever records I'm in, and my guys to show me what someone's life path looks like often. It's normally some kind of naturescape. It can be an urban setting. It can be, I mean, like we can be in Gramercy Park or we can be in Alice in Wonderland. So the records can look like a little bit of anything. So oftentimes I will ask like, what does the life path of this person look like? And it's kind of a metaphor for something else. So it can be anything from Gramercy Park to Jurassic Park to the urban like the urban streets of New York to you know the beaches of Barcelona it can really look like anything it really is kind of shocking my readings though have really evolved throughout the last especially I'd say in the last 18 months or so they're having me do some emotional reiki so I actually do some kind of like blocking release with some of my clients through a meditation I took somebody through like a spirit guide meditation the other day and I was like whoa Ooh, yes. how did I like how did I do that that was yeah. bad. So, so how does this play back into your work though? Sorry to cut thank you Thank you. For, no, no, no. Thank like, you for asking that. I start every session. So I work with mainly executives and or people who are on the executive path to really like hone in on their personal branding. And I realized very quickly on that media, I've been in PR for almost 25 years. Mm-hmm. Media has changed drastically over the last few years. There's like actual news happening in the world. Yeah there is everything is behind a paywall and everyone wants to be a thought leader. So the first thing is if somebody comes to me and is like, I want to be famous, I will not work with you. If somebody says I want to make an impact, you're my person. Great. Everything I do for my clients, I've tried it myself. Once I really figured, I put out my burnout story and I really figured out how to hone in on my messaging, which was really focused on PR advice, burnout, mental health and wellness and purpose. Those are kind of my lanes. That's where I, when I work with a client, I've really, I'm, I'm, thrilled because I, it totally works, but I start with a reading, which is an intuitive reading. And I don't do a zoom or anything with my clients before I do a 15 minute conversation. I don't want to know much about them. I, they know if they're a fit with me, I know if I'm a fit with them and we go. So you get intuitive data from that. The second session is a behavioral analytics session with an executive coach. I have you take a like test and we get data back. So you have intuitive data, behavioral analytic data, then I do a really in-depth story mining session with you. I have found we all have imposter syndrome and all of the things right. that we think aren't interesting and no one cares about are actually the interesting things because every leader comes to me and says, I want to talk about leadership, equity, and business or creativity. And I'm like, no right. one gives a shit what you have to say Boring. about any of those things. Totally. There's nothing new you have to say. There's nothing exciting about it. But when you go through the kind of story mining process as a PR person, who's done this for so many years, I can really hone in on where the nugget, where the story is, what's important. Now, once we uncover that, whether you are a leader who has, you know, children on the spectrum and then leads differently because of that, 
whether you're a sober leader, whether you're a spiritual leader, what is your story and how are we unpacking that for you? Your timeline on how you want to make that come out into the world is kind of on you. On you, right. Yeah. And that's what's so funny because that was your journey, right? Like I, I, I kept trying to tell you, I'm like, you're burying the lead. The lead is that you're, that you have this ability and that you can use it to actually help get clarity. I mean, everybody just wants a little bit of guidance. They just want to know they're supported. They just want, to your point, they just want answers or they want to feel like they're a little less alone. And I think that's what's so great about these readings and using these other modalities like tarot and all the stuff is like, because then it makes you feel connected. And that's, and we all are, we are all divinely one. Mm -hmm. And I think when you can have somebody who you don't know, tell you that and tell tell you that your dead grandma is telling you that, it's a little bit easier to adopt versus just reading a book and saying, oh yeah, okay, we're all one and I'm special and I shouldn't have imposter syndrome and I should be totally authentic. Yeah, I'm just going to go do that. Yeah, you need um, guidance on how to do that in a way that also feels right for you. I'm not going to like push you to be like, oh my God, tell your story right now. It just, that doesn't work. But the other thing too is because I've been an entrepreneur and because I've worked with huge brands and because I've been on, you know, work for global advertising agencies, I have a really strong business acumen. Like every boss I've ever had has told me you're really intuitive when it comes to business. So I can uncover what your offering is, how you should charge. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. Women don't charge enough. We, we undercut ourselves constantly on what our hourly rate should be, especially as consultants and what yeah. we should be garnering. So, and I think a lot of the time, and I know you know this as a coach too, I give permission for people to do things that they're like really, really, really want to do. And they just are seeking help to know that it's okay that they do it. Validation. You just said it yourself for you, right? It was like, I wanted to do this, but, I, and I knew I should, but it takes a while. It was a process. Yeah. And I love even, you know, I feel like your your personal journey is the proof of concept, right? Of like, okay, here's what happened. Here's how I felt. I know exactly how you're feeling. You don't want to mm-hmm. come out of the closet with whatever it is. For me too, another big one was a lot of shame around my eating disorder. I was like, God, do I put that in the book? My family doesn't even know about this. Like, will that discredit me as a coach? And no, it doesn't. It actually can be this wonderful asset because you have somebody who is struggling or struggled with things that you did. You know what I mean? So that is the mess is the message, right? Well, it's relatable. Like you, you should know that every story that you're telling is going to have an impact on at least one person. And what was wild is, you know, when I put out that story, it was interesting as a PR person, of course, I like shopped it around and people wanted rights to it and all that stuff. So also know, like know your audience and know how you want to do it. For me, Mm -hmm. it was best to put it on LinkedIn. And I had actually a few people reach out to me and say like, oh my God, like I am on a very similar spiritual path. These are, you know, some yeah heavy hitters. Like, yeah. And it was just like, and it's like, thank you for doing that. But the other thing about that is that morning I was like, okay, today's the day I'm doing it. It's great. I had a plan in case I was canceled. Like, (laughs) I I was like, what if corporate America doesn't accept this? And what if all of the people who have been supporting me my entire career are like, okay, during the pandemic, she went off the rails. Nuts. We, right. we completely lost her. And now she's doing this. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, like if I have to go back to doing a job that I'm really good at, that I hate, I'll just put all my stuff in storage and just like move to Bali for a year or something. Like I have to like, there has to be some kind of other option. Like this can't be it. And when I came to that conclusion where I was like, if this is not accepted, this is what I'm going to do. 
I kind of was at ease a little bit because I'm like, okay, well, I have a plan for both. I'm right. a Virgo. I'm a planner. I love yes. co- like yeah. control, which is hilarious because I have no control over anything. <laughs> I have it's no control so over the, the readings. I have no control. I mean, like, it's just like, yeah. okay, let it all, let it go. Yeah. Well, I think so, you yeah. sharing your story on the show today is definitely going to impact people. And even if it's just to kind of like push you a little bit closer towards making the leap to share something about yourself that normally you wouldn't in an interview or normally you wouldn't with coworkers or normally you wouldn't because not everybody who listens to this is an entrepreneur. If you are an entrepreneur, I definitely think to your point of like the story mining, I love that you do that with clients, Elizabeth. Work with Elizabeth too. Like I, throughout this, like we've been buddies but she reached out to me originally. She's like, I need to give you an Akashic reading. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And like, didn't charge me for it. I mean, that's the other thing. I feel like you were a resistant medium. Like it wasn't even something, it was like, yeah, I'll do this. And she wouldn't charge people. And I'm like, you need to charge people. You need to do that. And it was like, no. Like, so it just felt really pure. I felt like it wasn't this thing that you were really like, I don't have any of, this, any of these abilities, but I'm going to force it and I'm going to get it. No, it was just something that like happened. Right. And you decided to lean into it a little bit. I mean, if somebody told me three years ago, so I quit my corporate job on March 2nd of 2020. So if somebody, which is so crazy. That's like my anniversary is coming up. If somebody told me three years ago that I would be out and about, like out and about as a medium, I would be like the poster child for burnout. Yeah. And I would be doing a job that I actually like really wake up every morning and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this. Like, I can't believe the people I get to work with. I can't believe that I get to do like my side hustle. That's now like my real hustle with this job that I've been doing for 20 years that I really genuinely love. Because if if I were to like win the lottery tomorrow, I would still do do this. Me too. I like, I love it. So, but if somebody said that we're looking into a magic ball and this is what your next three years looks like, I'd be like, you are insane. Yeah, not happening. That's the other thing I want to say about readings too. And I say this in every session, we all have free will. So you can get a reading tomorrow and it's going to be like, this is kind of what's coming through and this is what your path could potentially look like. And you could be like, nah, and make right. make a left instead of a right. And then you have an entire beautiful path that's in front of you that's totally different. Yeah. The, the beauty of being human is we have the ability to make choices. Yeah. So I love that. as much as I love being able to share light insight or whatever, you know, spiritual insight, I think I still am one of those people that's just like, take it with a grain of salt. Right. It's, it's just like any other advice you're getting from anybody else, right? Right. Only you will really be, I think, you know, it's all great insight, but your feeling, our abilities to feel, that's the GPS to follow, right? Like what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what feels right. And if it feels scary, you know, to figure out what kind of scary, good scary or scary scary, and then just lean into it, but find a support network right? Find mm-hmm. people who are going to encourage you to be authentic and come out and and be your true self. Because I think when we deny that is when you get, you know, you end up in the ER and mm-hmm. you end up with disease and you end up with all these other physical problems. So thank you for being on the show. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you and also sign up for one of these amazing sessions with you to get a reading and then a whole personal branding huh. session. So you can... Find my website at thegoodadvicecompany.com. It's best to follow me on LinkedIn, just Elizabeth Rosenberg, again, the founder of The Good Advice Company. And I do do some personal readings as well, but that's not 
That's not really the thing I love to do. I love when I can tie kind of everything together. Yeah. And then I have a wait, a wait list button on my website as well. Yeah. So yeah. And everything's tagged below in the show notes. But you guys, she's legit. She's the real deal. I know I've had other people on before who are mediums and stuff, but it's nothing like Elizabeth. She's so different because she has that whole corporate professional side as well. So she's not going to give you advice that makes you look like a kook out there or makes you too vulnerable or any of that. It's just this wonderful mix of professionalism and spirituality. And you're just one of a kind. And I love you personally. You're an amazing person. So everybody go check her out and follow along and get your session. 